Welcome to the RSM Podcast Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revival service, printed materials, and devotionals, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Jalen Redburn, and uh, he is a student soon to graduate from Central Christian College of the Bible, Moberly, Missouri, and he's at a revival with us in Vandalia, Missouri this year uh, in October, and this is, of course, being podcast out to you after the first of 2024. This is 2023, and um, Jalen, we met two years ago right yeah. here when you were getting ready to marry the preacher's daughter. Yes, I was. Okay. So, Jalen, tell us your story. Yep. Um, so, I was born and raised in Moberly, Missouri. Grew oh. up in Moberly, lived there all my life. After graduating high school, decided to go to college there. Um, have lived there for as long as I know. So... Did you decide to go to college because you wanted to go to ministry or just because it was convenient? Um, I knew in high school that I wanted to go into ministry. Okay. Um, whenever I was in high school, I was a big part of my church's youth group at the time. And I loved being able to be a part of the church and be a part of my youth group. And I knew growing up that was something I might want to be able to help provide other people with it. Well, did, did you grow up in a Christian home, going to church all the time, or how did that come about? Um, so uh, my parents, for as long as I know, we've everyone in my family has believed in God, but we didn't necessarily grow up going to church. Okay. Um, it wasn't until I was around fifth or sixth grade that I started to go to church with my aunt and my grandmother, and I just started going church on a regular basis with them. And where was that? Uh, Timberlake Christian Church. Okay, in Moberly? In Moberly, okay. yep. Um, so I just started going to church there. My grandmother, she got involved with Timberlake's Bible Bowl program that they have there. Oh, yeah. And she knew that I was a very competitive person <laughs> and thought that getting me involved in Bible Bowl might be something that I might enjoy. So now For our listeners, explain Bible Bowl, because I don't think we've talked about that very much on this program. Yeah. Um, so Bible Bowl, what it is, is it's a program for that churches can do with their students where they basically get students memorizing Scripture, studying the Word, and every year there's a new specific section of text that they study. Okay. And as you go along each month, you memorize a couple chapters of the Bible, and then Every month, typically, you will go to a competition where you'll have kind of quiz bowl-style competitions okay. over the text that you've studied that month. Now, you did that kind of locally, regionally, and did you... I, I know we've attended a few times a national yeah. Bible, but it's been years. And I yeah. don't hear so much about Bible Bowl anymore, so it's yes. still going... It, it is still going on. It's still going strong. Um, I never did much with it other than I did the regional competitions that they'd have at Central Christian College in Moberly. Right. But past that, um, I never got involved with any of the groups that would go to 
any of the national competitions or anything like okay. that. But it was still something that I enjoyed getting to compete with other people about how well I had studied and memorized the word. And So I'm curious, you started going with your aunt. Mm-hmm. And she thought you would be interested in Bible Bowl. Is that how she mm-hmm. pulled you in, got you started? Mm-hmm. Or did she say, hey, there's this competition? Or did she just say, go to church with me? Um, so I started going to church in fifth grade with my aunt, but mm-hmm. my grandmother was also in town okay. at that time. And she was the one who got me involved in Bible Bowl. She had, oh, okay. um, I believe that she had some of her own kids of my parent, my mom and ants and stuff like that they had done bible bowl at different times in their lives and okay. it was something that she found out moberly had it through timberlake and she wanted to get involved herself as a coach and wanted to invite me to come and join and have some fun competing so in that way uh, a kid who didn't go to church regularly really learned scriptures in a hurry didn't you? yes yeah yes um i before that point i had gone to church on occasion and had gone to a couple um, Bible camps, but other than that, not really been a regular attender. So uh, when you got involved in Bible Bowl, then that also got you involved. Did you get involved in Sunday school? And Um, So I started off that I'd go to church on Sunday mornings on occasion, and then I'd attend Bible Bowl on Wednesday nights. And every Wednesday night, it was that they would do Bible Bowl practice at you know, 4.15, 4.30. And then after that, right after Bible Bowl, we'd have maybe a quick meal time where we'd have supper, where sometimes different people would make meals to share with the people doing Bible Bowl, or it'd be you just brought your own meal. Right. We'd have a time of fellowship, of eating together, and then it'd be time for the Wednesday night youth group, Wednesday night adult Bible studies. Right. And for the first two months, I would go and after Bible Bowl, I'd leave. I wouldn't stay for youth group. And oh, okay. one of the people that was in Bible Bowl with me reached out and said, hey, why don't you stay with me and come, come to youth group? And I looked at him and I was like, am I going to get homework if I go? Oh, because you got homework with Bible Bowl. <laughs> because with Bible Bowl, I had to study the Word and I had to take the time to actually memorize the scriptures at home. And right. So, so you, didn't, I, you didn't want any more homework. Yeah, I didn't want any more homework. <laughs> so, and your friend said no. Yes, and so I ended up going, and we got, I got involved, and funnily enough, that week, I believe, whenever I went, they started a memorization challenge, and I kind of oh. looked them in the eye, and I was like, you said no homework, and, right. but it was fun, and I got involved, and from that point on, I just started getting more and more involved with the youth group, which led to me building my own faith out. So it's interesting to me that you went to Bible Bowl and you must have some, well, apparently you had friends that were in youth group that were in Bible Bowl, but you didn't go to youth group and some of you were afraid more homework, but was some of it that you just didn't know what went on in youth group? You just didn't understand it? Um, At that time, I didn't know what it was necessarily. And I also, I think at that time, I didn't even know it was going on. I had okay. been invited by my grandmother to Bible Bowl, but I didn't really know what was going on with youth group and sure. stuff like that. And it was just something that I'd come for my part and then leave before I realized what else was going on. Okay. All right. So now, how old were you when you started going to youth group? 
Um, I was in sixth grade. Okay, just that right age, just starting. Yep, I just yeah. started going to youth group at that time frame. And right, and you just stayed in. I just stayed in. I was in youth group from sixth grade all the way throughout all of high school. And um, Timberlake during that time frame had a great youth programming. Um, yeah. If I'm sure some, many people will know the Todds, Alan and Marilyn Todd. Right. Alan was the youth minister there at that time, and he did a great job with that youth group of just being able to connect with the students. Well, when did you start taking notice? Of me? Did someone come to you to talk to you about accepting Christ, or did you? Mm -hmm. was it through a sermon, or was it through a youth program? How did that happen? Yeah. Um, it was... There were different times where I would see people get baptized on Sunday morning, and I'd see it happen, and I knew about baptism. I knew what it meant, and I remember um, I, I did not actually take the step of getting baptized until, I want to say it was the summer of my seventh grade year, or okay. the summer in between seventh grade and eighth grade that I chose right. to be baptized, and I think... Um, I remember whenever I chose to be baptized, part of it was that I had a, that week, I had, there was preaching that really struck a chord with me, and I felt called, I mean, I remember standing up for worship and not even realize I was walking up to talk to the speaker to talk about getting baptized, and all of a sudden I'm standing there without even yeah. realizing my legs right. had moved. <laughs> And I remember just that week choosing to be baptized. And part of it was, I remember growing up, I knew what baptism was and I knew it was a big step and I wanted people there whenever I got baptized. Right, right. And so I got baptized that uh, the Friday before everyone left at church camp and was able to have some of my family come in and see me get baptized, but right. also all these people who I had grown really close to Right from my church's youth group, that was my second family from the youth group. And well, baptism isn't just isn't just um, the accepting of Christ and yeah. and as Saul was told, get up and wash away your sins, call on the name of the Lord, being baptized and uh, and be baptized. But it's not just that, but it's also a witness to those around you, those who are already Christians who have already been through baptism, and those who will become. Because they look at you and say, "Now, there's this is this something I need to do," mm -hmm. and uh, I like to equate it with with our uh, ordination into the priesthood of believers. Mm -hmm. And if you look at uh, Aaron and his sons, they were washed before the ordination, and then they became priests. And when when we're baptized, we're not only uh, not only are our sins cleansed from us, and that along with faith, repentance, and confessing Christ. Otherwise, we just going and get ourselves wet. Mm -hmm. But if, if all these things are working together, then it's not only that, but it's also an ordination into the priesthood of believers. Yep. And it was very important when Aaron and his sons were ordained that the whole congregation witness it, that, that young yes. and old and everyone. So now I realize there are those people who are shy and they they just say, I just want to you know, do this a very private thing. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. But it's a very, I think it's a very good thing and important thing when you can to get as many believers and non-believers to witness yes. a baptism. 
So you were between seventh and eighth grade. Yep. And then something happened somewhere down the line that you decided, I want to be a, a youth minister. Yep. And and you kind of explained that at the beginning, but but when did you really realize that this was something you wanted to do? Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily put any specific times. Um, it was just something... There were so many great youth events that I got to go to. You know, I got to go to CIY. I got to go to NYR. I got to go to youth camp. And I was going to all of these events. And whenever I was at these events, every time was those spiritual highs that people talk about. And almost right. every time I could see myself and those around me growing closer to God. And I remember thinking, I want to be able to help bring people to these events and bring people closer to Christ through this, but also through those simple small group times that we'd have at regular youth group. Right. So small group meant a lot to you. Yes. As uh, as, as Christ and youth calls it, D groups, mm -hmm. uh, if they still do, I guess, uh, and discipleship groups. But so your group broke your youth group broke down into small groups, um, time to time. We we'd have small group times, but a lot of times. Um, our youth group, we'd ha we had typically on these trips, we'd have maybe 10 or 12 of us all together and we'd just stay as one right. group. And those times were really beneficial to be able to grow closer to one another and just see what different people were taking from the sermons. And Right. I, I, I think we don't, people don't value understand the value of a strong youth program mm -hmm. and uh, a, a youth leader, or if a church is of the right size, a, a youth minister, that takes seriously discipling. Uh, and it, it's not, I, I'm all for fun and games. I like fun and games, but you have to take seriously discipling. And when you have a youth minister that does that and and cares about everybody, whether they're with the with the in crowd in school or the, or the wealthy families in the church, or they just don't have much of a home life at all, mm -hmm. but a youth minister that will reach out and spend time with them and one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes, uh, I was recently with a church where the, they don't have a youth minister, but the minister is very involved with, with the youth. And he said they go to ball games uh, all the time and there are kids in their church who say, I, you got there late, I, didn't, I was looking for you before the basketball game started. I was out on the court and I was looking for you because their family doesn't attend. Mm -hmm. And and they looked to, to these people to, to lead them spiritually. In my own life, the only spiritual growth I had was attending a youth group. And it was not a strong biblical church as I'm in now. But it mm -hmm. was, but still uh, the godliness of the people around me. And there is godliness even in people who maybe not be as uh, scripturally correct, if they love God, you see some godliness in them. Mm -hmm. And that, that helped me in the Sunday night times of, of the few adults who came to evening service and the quiet times and prayer times we had helped me from becoming uh, probably somebody that people would not want to know as a teenager. You know, So yeah. I, uh, I, it's good to see that benefit that yes. you had. So you decided that you were going to be uh, a youth minister. Yep. Uh, and you decided you're going to go to Bible College to Moberly, Central College yes. of the Bible in Moberly, Missouri. And would, can you put a time uh, frame on that? Uh, how old you were when you decided, okay, I'm going to go, and I want to be, mm -hmm. I want to go and study, be a youth minister. Um, so, 
probably around my <clears throat> sophomore, junior year, I knew that I wanted to go into youth ministry was what I felt like at the time. And my junior year, I remember that was whenever Alan made the announcement to the church that he and Marilyn felt the call to go to serve as missionaries in Australia. Mm -hmm. And that time frame, it was so cool as a student to see his departure and see the things that he did to build up, build the youth group up towards the next stages. But also what was really cool was there was maybe six, seven months in there where Alan was off trying to fundraise and stuff, and we didn't yet have our new youth minister in yet. And so I remember as a junior into senior year even, being one of three or four students where we were long-standing students of the youth group, we knew how things had run, and we got the chance to step up, and we'd talk with oh, nice. different people, and we kind of just made a point among us to try to keep things running smoothly. And we, we didn't implement any brand new things or anything. We just made a point of recognizing, you know, like small groups times was important to us. Right. And so we would talk with the people of, you know, our the head preacher of Timberlake, Daniel Geringer. He was very helpful in trying to do as much as he could. Right. And he would come and talk to us in the youth group of like, hey, how can we keep things going? What things are important to kind of keep moving? How do we keep going? And so... Well, every, I, every preacher would love to have some leaders in youth that would take kind of take over like that when the when you're between youth ministers and say, can you help us in this way? Because mm -hmm. not all of us as preaching ministers are, feel that we're very good. I, I've said this before. I, I do well, have always done well with teenagers in my church. And we've... Mm -hmm. Uh, always at the back door, we, we hug one another. They, they, they will talk to me. I love to talk with them. But a week-to-week -week basis as a youth leader, I just don't have that gift. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can do it, but I do a poor job of it in my yes. opinion. And, and uh, so it would be great. In those times, I remember when I needed that help, if, if I'd have had some leaders in the youth group who said, now this is what we need you to do, and then we can do that mm -hmm. if you can do this. So... And so it was during that time that you started thinking, hey, this is something I could do and would really, I mean, besides the, the trips that you took, yeah. this was something that really kind of gelled it together for you? Yeah, that time frame in combination with also having it had experience of, you know, throughout high school, they had a, a youth leadership team where a couple students would get chosen among the youth group to also be leaders of planning some events and stuff. And Oh. That, that combined with junior year where I, me and a couple other students stepped up of trying to keep some of the events and get people involved, those two things made me realize how much I enjoyed the planning aspect and also the ministry aspect of just being involved and stuff like that. So um, when you decided to go to Bible college, was it... Uh... Was it a struggle financially? Did you see that this is, how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. um, it, it was something that whenever I was looking, I, I was concerned a little bit for financials, but I knew that school always came very easy to me. Something that I look, I look at it now and 
I see in high school that probably wasn't the best thing for me almost in that school. Yeah. Can I just came... say people like you just disgust me? Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I, I had such a struggle in school. Yes, and, yeah. and I was just very gifted and lucky yeah. that school came easy and I was able to get good grades in high school. And so because of that, I was lucky enough that I could apply to some of those higher-end scholarships. Oh, okay. And I was lucky in that whenever I was applying to Central, that was the year that they started their brand new full tuition scholarship program of going to a new version of it, where it's specifically set aside for four or five students who they choose based on different perimeters. And I was lucky enough that I was one of the first recipients of that scholarship. Oh, wonderful. So So that did a great deal of help for me of that I was able to receive that. So it sounds to me like you're a person who enjoys study and enjoys learning, reading, or it just comes easy, or or both? School (laughs) is something that for a long time it came easy to me. Okay. And because of that, I never learned how to study until I got to college. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. I, I see what you're saying. Yes. So you really had to buckle under and learn how to study in college. Yes. And whenever I got to college, I had to buckle down at times. And I think part of that was because it was a whole new style of learning at Bible college than what you get in the average public school or something. Right. You know, you're learning a whole different set of things in a whole new kind of learning area. And so how many years have you attended college? Um, I am, I've attended three years and I'll be graduating in a couple of months after my extra month or extra semester. So I'll have three and a half years at Three and a half college. years in graduating. Uh, it'd take me six, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I want to remind our listeners that this is being recorded in October of 23. Mm-hmm. You're graduating in December. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get on to what you plan to do after that, Somewhere down the line, when I met you mm-hmm. uh, two years ago, as I say, you were getting ready to uh, marry the, the preacher's daughter here at Vandalia. Mm-hmm. And well, before I go on with this, tell us about your wife. Um, Be nice now, she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michaela has been a great blessing for me that even though she might point out that I tried to push her away at first at college, <laughs> she's been a great blessing in my life. Uh, she also, whenever she came into Central the same year as me, she was one of the other students who was a part of the um, honors program that Central was oh, doing. okay. So in correlation with the Torch Scholarship, they had a, a Saint Scholars program where they chose students who had applied and they tried to push them further in their classes and try to get them to do extra things and think more about some of the stuff that they were learning. And that was a great thing, but it scared the heck out of us. Yeah. <laughs> because going into this program meant a lot of extra work at times. <laughs> and on top of having to keep your grades up, it meant more time you had to spend working on different assignments and making sure you were doing good. And Michaela was a blessing for me in that time in that when we first met, she was someone that I was able to look to and she was like, hey, we're in the same program. Let's make sure we're studying together so we keep our grades up. Right. And over time, we started to study together. And studying together 
turned into taking study breaks together of playing card games or whatever that, you know, I remember teaching her a couple different card games that it was like, I need something to do to take a break and not mm -hmm. be thinking. And over time, we started spending more and more time with one another. And eventually, we both realized that we liked each other. Right. And then whenever we realized that, I, she, we started having the conversation of whether or not we wanted to go out or anything. And I told her, I was like, I do like you. But I wasn't planning on dating until second semester of college. <laughs> and so she gives me crap to this day because whenever we had that conversation, I said, can we wait two weeks so I can make sure that we are actually having real feelings? Like I actually do like you and it's not just a Something every puppy girl, love. Every, every girl wants to hear. You're just such a romantic. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I was such a romantic. <laughs> well, uh, she is the... Uh, Michaela is a, I believe, fourth generation in Preacher's family. Her, mm -hmm. her uh, grandfather, Sherm Nichols, now her name was Frankie when you met her, mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, her, her father and mother are, are Jamie and Christy Frankie, both who have been on this program. Uh, and it would be about two years ago. I, I normally try to have the numbers, but we put together this interview very quickly because you're only here for the day, mm -hmm. and I wanted to spend time with you. But... Uh, Jamie's ha had a lot of downloads on his, and I encourage you to go back and look for it, Jamie Frankie. And Christy is the third most downloaded podcast mm -hmm. we've had, and uh, a lot of fun, so I encourage you to check it out. I knew her grandfather, Sherm Nichols, and just a wonderful family. And so you married into a wonderful family. I, I, I yes. have a feeling she married into a wonderful family as well. And... And uh, I'm glad to hear about that. But now you're dating her. You're uh, going to be a youth minister. Mm -hmm. And then something happened to change direction somehow in here. And, yeah. and this is something I learned about at lunch today. Because I, yes. I turned to you and said, now, I'm talking to all these young people who are here having lunch with us. And I said, you're going to be a youth minister. Mm -hmm. And you corrected me. So tell us about My that. wife corrected you. Oh, your wife corrected My oh. wife corrected you. First. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, like we said, for a long time, I wanted to go into youth ministry and my sophomore year of college, I got that opportunity in the form of a little church in Eugene, Missouri. That's about 15 minutes from Jefferson city Okay. and that they at the time were wanting to build up a youth program and they had a wonderful situation going on where they had this open gym time and they'd have 20 to 30 students of all ages coming to just hang out and play basketball and they wanted to try to turn that into a youth ministry right and so they um put out a job listing right around the same time that i was starting to look for my own possible ministry and mm -hmm. i ended up connecting with them and reaching out and they offered me a part-time position as a youth minister for their church and so i came on and started serving as the youth minister trying to get this youth ministry going in Eugene. And through that time period, I learned a lot, got a lot of great experience. And one of the situations that happened was the preacher and his wife were getting ready to welcome a, their next child into their mm -hmm. life. And we had before that point been talking about trying to get me up on the pulpit and giving me the chance to preach there. Mm -hmm. And I told the minister, um, hey, 
you're expecting to have a child in October. What if I take a massive load off your plate and for that month I just preach? Wow, that's, and that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So I offered for the month of October to work on a sermon series and preach for that whole month. So that way he could focus on his family and doing some of the other stuff that it takes as the main minister of the church. Oh, how and, I would have liked to have that oh, Any, anytime <laughs> any one of my three were born. Yeah. Yes. And that was something that I offered. And he, like you inferred, he snapped at the bit of that yeah. opportunity. And so I ended up preaching for that whole month. I preached five sermons over yeah. the Hall of Faith in okay. Hebrews and Great. Learned a lot about preaching and a lot about forming sermons. And I'd preached before, but that was the first time that I was preaching on a weekly basis and figuring out... Having the time pressure on you there. Yes, having the time pressure and also having to really figure out how to form a series too. And I remember doing it and I loved preaching. And after the first couple of weeks, me and my wife, Michaela, were driving home one Sunday and she looked at me and said, you know, you're really good at preaching. You, you, you could actually be a preacher. And I waved her off at the moment, but then I thought about it. I was like, that's coming from someone who's had preaching in their blood all their life. Right. And, and, that and is not just a, preaching, but uh, good preaching. Yes. Really good. Brothers, yes. dad, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. Yes. Yeah. And so I took the moment and thought about that and recognized how big of a compliment that was. Yeah. And that got me thinking couple months later, we ended up having or making the difficult decision to move on from the ministry at Eugene. Um, just as a full-time student, trying to start a youth group is not the easiest right. thing, right. especially when you live an hour, 15, hour and a half away from that ministry. There, right. There's a lot of difficulties in that ministry that we don't need to get into right now, mm-hmm. but we made that difficult decision and one Sunday I got up and I got up in front of the church and announced my, you know, that I was going to be stepping away and we set the end date. And that very next Sunday, uh, or actually it was the very next day, I got two or three emails from different churches offering me interviews for preaching positions. Wow. That um, some of the professors at Central that had been asked about, you know, who might be a good person to interview, who would be interesting to come and join as a preaching minister at our church. And my name got thrown out for two or three jobs. And in the same day, I got three different interview offers. Whoa. And I looked at that and I was like, okay, God, I can see what you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, right after that, I got annoyed with my preaching professor. I was like, why'd you give my name out? I've, I'm going into youth ministry, not preaching. Yeah. And, but that kind of pushed me to really give it consideration. And now here I am starting to look at trying to go into preaching full time. It's something I've been doing for a year now, supply preaching. Right. And I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love the creativity of crafting sermons and doing stuff like that. And it just is something that I feel called to preach on a regular basis. Okay. So that's where you're at now and you're graduating soon. And 
we were talking about the fact, I said, we, we run across churches all the time looking for preachers. And I like your remark, he said something like, um, well, tell them to hurry up because <laughs> churches are horrendously slow. I know that from having resigned from churches mm -hmm. and, and just trusting God, he's got another place. And I'll get a, I, this is years ago, I'd get a, I get two, three letters. We are very interested. So I'm talking to you and then I don't hear from them for two months. I write mm -hmm. them back. Well, yeah, yeah, we're interested. We just had one of our elders uh, had his lymph node removed, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, yes. or had an ingrown toenail or something. We didn't meet. And I'm thinking, you know, you don't realize that we're, we're looking, we're very interested, and we've got to, we need to go somewhere. And in my case, it was always because I had a family too, mm -hmm. and I need to find a place to go. But you're graduating soon. By the time this comes out, you will have graduated. And maybe by the time this comes out, you will actually have a ministry. Ho but, hopefully, we'll see. But <laughs> but if not, people can contact us at rocksolidministries.org and say, how do I get in touch with this guy? Mm -hmm. And we'll write you back and say, he's already got a ministry or here's his information. Yes. And uh, we have a contact page on rocksolidministries.org. Just let us know if, if you're interested in uh, talking to Jalen. And so now you've been preaching for, like you said, at Quite a while now. Do you you don't have one particular church? You're just mm -hmm. you're, are you out about every Sunday somewhere? Um. So after giving my resignation, I started supply preaching um, throughout the area of Missouri. Um, Central has a great program of supply preaching where they will send out whoever wants the any churches can reach out and they will send out students who are wanting to supply preach out to those churches that need someone to come and fill the pulpit. And so when I, there's probably only been about three or four Sundays since I started that I haven't been preaching somewhere. And sometimes it's a different church every week. Some churches I've been to six or seven times already. Right. And it's, you know, you just go wherever you're called and wherever you I need to go. I understand that. Yes, yes. I understand that very well. Yes. And... It's great because you've got experience in different, uh, not so much different cultures because you're in the same area, but every church is different and has a different personality, yes. doesn't it? One Sunday you might be in a, a non-instrumental Church of Christ church. Right. The very next Sunday you might be in a church that has a beautiful organ playing and they have great music. The next Sunday, you might be asked to lead worship yourself without knowing, yeah. and <laughs> oh, those are the yeah. Sundays that I try not I, to do I, that. But yeah, but I have, I have. Yes, well, I just feel bad for those who have to listen whenever I have to listen. Exactly. We always say that uh, we don't sing in, if you want a crowd at yeah. the revival. We just, <laughs> I just preach, and Beth will run the PowerPoint. Yeah. Uh, not that we can't, but there are people who can do better. Uh, many people who can do a lot better than we can. Mm -hmm. um, well, you were telling me that you're willing to go. I mean, you, you wouldn't mind staying kind of close to home, but you're not one of these guys who would turn down an opportunity if it was several states away. No. Uh, you're, you're just ready. You want to preach. Yes, I, I want to preach. I want to be able to um, minister to those in need and just help out however I can. Um, I've found through the years, I, I, I used to love to preach. And I've found what's better over the years, I've come to love the people I'm preaching to. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so much better because there's, uh, 
if if we don't love them, then we're just giving, uh, we're just talking to them academically, just about. Yes. And we're not. Uh, we need to love them enough to really share from our hearts mm-hmm. what the let the let God work through our hearts to come to their hearts. And uh, that, I think that's, that's so where I, I love preaching for a variety of reasons. I love. I love preaching because it kind of reminds me a bit of high school and before that because growing up in high school, I was a big theater kid also. Oh, me too. Yes, I was a big theater kid. I loved doing plays and all the speech competitions and all kinds of stuff. And so preaching reminds me a lot of standing up on a stage and performing a scene almost. But Go ahead. But it also is something where there's a very much authority behind it that I'm sharing God's Word, and I have to make sure I take the time to study it, and I take the time to share it well. Well, we're held more responsible as teachers and preachers. If if we're going to share the Word, we're held extremely responsible for how we handle the Word of God. Mm -hmm. But I do think, I want to go back to this thing of of the theater. Uh, For young people listening, if you think you, you want to preach, but you're nervous about it, one of the best things you can do is get involved in your high school theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be careful sometimes with theater crowds, and I know that because I was very involved in theater and uh, throughout high school and in college. But that's where I got, that's really where I got my, my preaching training. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I guess you'd say if you call style or how God uses my personality. Uh, I got that through there and high school and college speech classes. Yep. And because I'm I'm not your traditional guy, I didn't go to Bible college. And so I got all that training there and my Bible training was pretty much me and God and the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so I really encourage people to, to consider that if you're thinking about preaching because that can be a great help to you to, yes. uh, on how you present. And it's God will present however you present. If you're using the Word of God, change will come to people's lives. It doesn't matter whether you're flamboyant or you are you stand still like a like a stiff board and present a monologue, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just just a very quiet one. If the word is in there, the word is what does it. Yes. And God will use any personality. But these things are are helpful. Yes. So um, this is it for you. You're going to be a preacher. Yep. And uh, let me just reach across here and shake your hand. <laughs> uh, you know, you saw when you said that earlier how delighted I was. Uh, we need preachers so badly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that we don't need good youth ministers too. We do. And I appreciate them very much. As I've said, I've got, I've, I've got some married into my family mm-hmm. and, and uh, love them dearly and love what they've done for the Lord. But we are so desperate for preaching ministers who will hold to it and stick with it. Yes. No matter what happens, and not use that, not not use an excuse to walk away. Use whatever's happening to grow and mm-hmm. become better, so that after you've been at it for four or five decades, you you look back and say, all of this has brought me to where I'm at today. Yes. Well, I've enjoyed the visit. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, I just share one thing about me, and that whenever I preach, I have a specific um, thought process in my mind that for my preaching. I, I always have a goal that I want to preach in a way that a junior high student could come and listen and mm-hmm. be able to understand and apply it to their lives, but so could the grandparents in the back. That, that is absolutely a good way to approach it. I, we don't need to be 
so so knowledgeable are, are we don't need to show our knowledge. Yes. We don't have to prove it. My grandfather told me years ago, he said, you know, you don't have to stand up and say, when I was in college, he said, if you're educated in the Word of God, people will know it, whether you went to college or you didn't. Mm -hmm. If you study the Word of God and you ask God to deliver the message, then people will understand it. Yes. Young and old alike will understand it mm -hmm. and they'll come to Christ and they'll come to their growth in Christ as well. That's very good. That's good advice for yes. anybody to not speak above people's heads. Yes. And uh, we're, we're not here to prove that we're educated. We're here to reach the hearts of men and women for mm -hmm. Christ. Very good. Very good from a young preacher. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's something that it comes from my background that I was a, a guy who grew up in a youth group and youth ministry is what brought me into Christ. And I recognize that there are times where youth kids maybe are sitting through a sermon and it may seem a little bit boring to them because, you know, you have some guy maybe up front who speaks in a monotone voice and it's yeah. very bland to a kid. And whenever I preach, I don't want it to be something that seems boring to the kids. I mean, right. I'm going to, I, I want to use illustrations and applications. I want to make it something that students, if a student can understand it and apply it to their life, then so can the older people in the congregation. Right. In ways even more than what a student can, I'd argue. Right. And so if you start to shoot for the younger age and making it as simple that they can understand, it's going to be simple enough that those older can also. All right. I agree. Well, Jalen, thank you for being on the program with me yes, today. Thank and you. this was very much a last minute thing. Yeah. Uh, talking at lunch, I said, let's mm -hmm. just do this. Yeah. And I'm really glad we did. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. We've, we've heard some good stuff here. And this concludes another Frontline Servants program. Keep listening for more programs like this, as well as our Just Preaching and Just Music programs. And would you do something for us, listener? If this program has been an encouragement to you, tap the like and follow buttons, share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ, leave a comment, rate the program, and maybe even share the link on your social media site. We'd certainly appreciate that. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down His blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.